The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. With your first look at this week's college football lines, this is College Lines Revealed on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Here's Jonathan Von Tobel. Number one, Michigan. Number two, Washington. Number three, Texas. And number four, Alabama. The college football playoff has been set. We do have our semifinal matchups. We have sides. We have totals. And we've got bowl games coming out as well throughout the next two hours. So here in College Lines Revealed, last episode of the season, we'll go over everything from a college football playoff and bowl game standpoint. But Pam, have to begin with the news of the day. And of course, that is the top four being revealed. And namely, the fourth seed. Uh, I thought I was going to get a free dinner at Barry's. I don't know if you guys saw this. So last night I tweeted out what I believe to be the top four were going to be, uh, mm-hmm. which was Michigan, or excuse me, Washington, Michigan, Texas, and Florida State. Right. Polly Howard, host of Follow the Money here on the network, VSIN, the sports betting network, um, responded, said, Barry's on me twice. If you nail this, mm-hmm. thought I was going to get it, but ultimately it is Alabama who makes it in as the fourth seed in the college football playoff. Pam, I will give you the floor first. You seem upset about this. <laughs> uh, you can go whatever direction you want, but your thoughts on the committee deciding that Alabama should take that final spot over Florida State. I'm a little bummed, honestly. It is kind of overwhelming for me at the moment that I have the emotional effect of FSU being left out is overtaking my excitement that my Texas Longhorns are in with Quinn Ewers behind center. 
I'm very excited for that matchup. I'm so I'm so excited. I can't wait to go to that. I would love to be there in the stands to watch Texas um, in the semifinal. But JBT and I, we've both been super high on Alabama all season. Yes, I agree that Alabama is the better team. Yes, I agree that they have more weapons. The SEC is kind of important, significant. a big win over Georgia, who's been undefeated the last couple of seasons. That is thrown out the window when you have an FSU team that has been undefeated, and they have been the only team now to be left out of the top four of the college football playoff undefeated as a power five conference that is unruling and it's just unnerving that yeah it erases everything you've done in the regular season out the window what are you saying to us next year it's going to be worse when we have the 12 team playoff this is foreshadowing into an sec team against an sec team sec is always just going to reign supreme i thought that the playoff adding more teams to the mix would kind of alleviate that a little bit they're telling us now what to expect in the years to come. Yeah, it's all SEC Big Ten uh, because Washington, of course, is on its way to the Big Ten. And here's the thing. So I think what you're kind of hitting on here because there's a lot of different stuff. And let's go back to last year because this is the thing that I think drives people crazy for the most part, which is this year we're doing four best teams. Yeah. Last year we weren't doing the four best teams. The yeah. year in which Cincinnati was allowed into the college football playoff, we weren't doing the four best teams. And yet in the hours leading up to the college football playoff rankings being revealed, all I heard was, we're doing the four best teams. It's what we've always done. That's what you've never done. You've <laughs> never done that to this point. We have had these conversations. That was the big one last year. Again, we talk about it from the Alabama standpoint last season, two losses. What would Nick Saban keep doing? Oh, on a neutral, we'd be favored over all these teams, blah, blah, blah. We're one of the best four. We should get in. But they did not get in. And yet here we are now. And for some reason, all of a sudden, it is the four best teams. Yeah. And that is, I think, something that drives people nuts. It's not even the decision to ignore Florida State's resume and what they did and say, hey, you know what? The regular season doesn't really matter. <laughs> it's more about the inconsistency from which we have seen this. And I was talking with Mike Palm in the moments right before we came on the air. And it's the same thing. You and I were, were echoing the same sentiment, which is, again, why you should never and why we as networks should never really give them time. There is no point in watching any of the college football playoff rankings being yep. revealed throughout the entire season. Yep. Why keep Florida State 4-5 throughout the entire year yep. if at the end you were just going to go, and especially the last couple of weeks, and at the end you were just going to allow Alabama to jump over them in this regard. Those are the things that drive you nuts. <laughs> it's, I, and I, honestly, like I'm a little bit infuriated. I'm peeved. I'm peeved because no Power 5 team has ever gone unbeaten, won its conference title, and then failed to make the playoff. And it is just a big slap in the face to the college football that they have failed um, the, the game. They failed the sport. And it's 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 unnerving. It really is unnerving. As much as I love college football and I'm as excited as I am for Texas, and as much as I love, I have grown to love Alabama from like a personal perspective, because I feel like we've grown with them every Saturday talking about them in such depth. It's just not it, it's uh, it's unfair. And Jordan Travis, he's he's not the one who won 13 games. Um, yep. It is the team. And, and they have now you're going to talk about the second uh, no, go ahead, the there's the third string quarterback. Go ahead. No, uh, well, so here's <laughs> the thing. Uh, Caesar, could we please can we probe Johnny Velo's numbers? Because here's the other part that I think is flawed when it comes to these arguments. Right. Which is, oh, well, it's got to be the four best teams. Well, if it's the four best teams, then it should be Michigan, Georgia, Oregon, and Alabama into this college football playoff. These are college football power rankings from Johnny Avello, uh, the sportsbook director over at DraftKings. Now, I will say right out front, uh, I actually very much disagree with LSU being the seventh best team in college football, <laughs> but that's 
neither here nor there. But if you're looking at this, because people keep making the argument like, well, would you bet Florida State against Alabama? Well, that's not the case, because if you're going to make that argument, then Oregon, a team that lost twice to Washington, would be in ahead of them if you're going by the rank, by the power rating or by the Vegas rating, if you will. So I, I think when you look at just all of this, when we get down to it, we get to the lines here in just a second as we end this one, because there's no need to talk about it any longer. Right. We're here. But that's just what drives people insane. It's inconsistency. And at the end of the day, it should your resume should matter. The games that you play should matter. And in these rankings, they do up and to a certain extent. Texas beat Alabama. So they are ranked ahead of Alabama. But because Florida State, I don't know, I guess when you get to four, now it's best teams, they get eliminated from college football playoff contention. So with that, we do have the matchup set. We do have these games that are out. We do have odds on these matchups. So you got to calm down, Pam. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta take a deep breath and you gotta look at every single one of these and decide what you want to do here. Let us start with the what is this? The uh, Sugar Bowl? Is that Sugar what we're Bowl. doing here? Uh, whatever we're doing here. Whatever. All right. Opening line. Michigan and Alabama. And this is actually the Rose Bowl. Excuse me. Michigan and Alabama. Michigan opens up Pam as a two and a half point favorite. Total at 46, 46 and a half. We are sitting currently at DraftKings. Michigan is a two point favorite with a total of 46. Let's start with this matchup here. When you hear Michigan minus two with a total of 46, your initial thoughts, either side or total. Alabama money line with no hesitation. This is just a far superior offense and defense if you're going to give me two solid defenses then i'm going to take the better quarterback every single time and this is an alabama team that is obviously paying attention to the analytics yesterday i mentioned the reason why i love them against georgia was because they recognize there's an opportunity to capitalize on one of the weaknesses of georgia and that is outside the tackles utilizing that run game and use it they did georgia was giving up five and a half yards per carry that's 92nd in the country 19 of 37 attempts from the Alabama rushing offense were from that left and right ends, having most of the most of the success on the left side. Murrow himself, 51 of 64 yards, were on the left, were on the far right. They utilized it perfectly, and it was to their benefit. They were just the better offense through and through. Now you tie it in with that defense. They held a Georgia running back, Kendall Milton. He had a career high 156 yards last week, and he had only 42 yards yesterday is just a well-rounded, great team who have found their stride. The offensive line yesterday did give up four sacks. That's the most they've given up in recent weeks, but the turnovers weren't there. Mm -hmm. Milrow was so good with his uh, ability to just read the defenses. He did what he was supposed to. The defense showed out. This is easy for me. Milrow over McCarthy. <laughs> Come on. Um, so I, I don't necessarily disagree from a side perspective. You tell me now, pick a side, it would be Alabama. And, and I think one of the things that ties into this, and I actually feel more strongly about the total, but one of the things that ties into this that you did not mention, we watched Michigan lose Zach Zinter, their right guard all conference in that game against Ohio State. Right tackle has been an issue for Michigan um, for the very, like we'll call it the later portion of the season, but you've seen it here and there throughout the entire season. So with that issue up front for Michigan, taking on this Alabama defense, which has some very solid pieces along the edge, I think that's going to be a problem for an offense that is already very limited, I think. And we actually saw that against Iowa. Like, they did not look good offensively again mm -hmm. against Iowa in the Big Ten Championship game. You can tell me that they were hiding things, that they didn't want to reveal part of their playbook, <laughs> but whatever it is, we have now seen multiple times that this Michigan offense does look eerily similar to the ones that looked like they have been up against it in terms of keeping up with some of their opponents in the college football playoff in the last few right. years. 
So there's that. I think Alabama's going to be able to take advantage of that. I think from a secondary standpoint, Alabama's defensive backs matching up with some wide receivers. These wide receivers have not seen a secondary like Alabama yet. Again, being able to limit them there. On the flip side, I do think Michigan is a legitimately good defensive team. It's the one question I don't have about Michigan here. And so there's going to be, I think, an ability to contain Jalen Milrow and this defense to a certain extent. Because I thought yesterday, watching Alabama and Georgia, one of the things that was very shocking about the loss was Georgia in the miscommunications defense they were all over the place the wheel route out of the backfield where there's nobody for like 10 yards uh the final touchdown on the crossing route where there's not a georgia defender that comes in the camera shot for like 10 feet it it was shocking to see how badly they were playing from a communication standpoint michigan's not going to do that and and so when i put all these things together i'm going to sit back see if the the market's going to bet this thing over but i'm going to bet this game under i I think that this is one of these games that unlike like sec championship game or other those where you get all these good athletes on the field and they tend to go over i think that these two strengths are good enough defensively and the issues with Michigan on offense that I'm willing to look at this game under and have a stronger opinion about betting this under than I would about taking Alabama as a side, although I do believe they are the side here. I love Alabama's defense. We've been high on them all season long. The the only argument to make for anybody who's maybe interested in backing Michigan um, and the argument that Georgia fumbled all over themselves yesterday with miscommunication, yes, but how much of that also was contributed by some of the injuries at the cube position players? Uh, all of them, a majority of the wide receiver core came in, so this a little bit banged up. Rara Thomas was not in the lineup. The right tackle was... Uh, Ratledge, he was um, coming into this with an injury. And then also Lad McConkey, he was he had a brace on before the game, yet he still played. And when he when you saw him out on the field, he was limping. He was not 100 percent. Even Brock Bowers, he had a couple of spots where you're like, OK, he's not healthy. Th- it wasn't a healthy receiving core, which is potentially where all of the miscommunication came from, because that's all of his wide receiver groups, which is why also we saw Carson Beck struggle against Georgia Tech. It was kind of the same similar situations, but more so. I mean, yes, they still were in it. Michigan just offensively to me just doesn't have what it takes to come out with an outright win. They would have to win with their defense because I'm not going to trust JJ McCarthy, who has yet to prove his value yet as a quarterback before Michigan right now. We do have one bowl game officially set as well. So we will get to that outside of, of course, the national semifinals. How about a, I put this two teams, DGAF teams, as we're going to call them facing off in the orange bowl. We'll tell you who they are a little bit later in college lines revealed. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is College Lines Revealed on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You're going to get unlimited access to our VEASAN.com picks page, and you can sort picks by sport, matchup, event data, more on said page. Check the top VEASAN experts leaderboard as well. And for VEASAN Pro picks, betting splits, power ratings, 24-7 video access, and daily write-ups in every single sport, check it out now. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Introductory offer for those who are not pro subscribers, only $9.99. Part of that content, too, by the way, check out the NBA in-season tournament hub where Zach Cohen and myself have written up all the quarterfinal games that start on Monday. Back here at College Lines Revealed, it is Jonathan Von Tobel and Pamela Maldonado. Our field is set. If you're just driving around, maybe didn't hear it. Michigan, Washington, Texas, Alabama, your top four. Michigan and Alabama will face one another. Washington and Texas, the other semifinal matchup. So a reminder for our audience uh, that Michigan did open up as a two and a half point favorite total of 46. We were down to two with a total of 46 at DraftKings. Uh, not a ton of movement yet. We'll see. I would venture a guess and say that Pam... I think by the time we get to kickoff, it's going to be Michigan one or pick. I don't know if Alabama will go off as a favorite, but it also would be the most shocking thing in the world. As uh, I'll say in faraway places, we are down to Michigan minus one. Correct, which is why I am going to be grabbing Alabama today (laughs) because I have all the belief that it's going to the line would move in favor of Alabama come kickoff. 
Yeah, total two is just flat at 46. Be very fascinated to see what the market does here. And actually, as I speak that too, so Circa did open up their numbers as well. They opened this up, Michigan minus two, initially moved to minus two and a half. Well, they just opened it up to the market, it seems, because as I speak, down to pick here at Circa hmm. for that with a total of 46. So we'll see if the entire market uh, follows suit. But right now, Michigan, excuse me, Circa just flashed a pick for Alabama and Michigan. Let's talk about the next matchup here. Texas and Washington. This is the Sugar Bowl. Texas opens up as a five-point favorite here at Circa and immediately goes to three and a half. I shouldn't say immediately. Within six minutes, we are back up to four with a total 65 and a half. Pam, can you be unbiased in your analysis of this game um you know you asked me to say something to your um your twitter followers and the video i did mean what i said i actually do think tech taking the points with washington i think that we have at this point we can kind of assume washington has been a little undervalued by the the market at least when we've gotten up to this point nine and a half on friday is a pretty good example of that against oregon in a game in which they led wire to wire and i think washington one of the things that i cannot wait to watch here is if you were to nitpick what you have to do here with these teams at this point of the season for a weakness for Texas on defense, I think it is their defensive backfield. And if you're going to be able to exploit one weakness, it would be with a dynamic passing attack and one of the best wide receivers in college football, which Washington has. Exactly. This is a mismatch. The only, and it's a tale of two teams. Like you have Washington who's very heavy into pocket passing. They don't utilize the run game as they should, but it's definitely there as the ability. Whereas you have Texas who because they have such a solid run game, it opens up the passing game for Quinn Ewers, who is now five interceptions in his last five games. Turnovers, you cannot make those mistakes, not into the playoffs. This is Michael Penix. I would be inclined to want to back the underdog. I will not have any skin in this game because I'm not going to bet on or against my team. But what I saw from Michael Penix yesterday and what was a huge difference maker um, over the weekend against Bo Nix was there's such a difference in him being able to process that defense. He's able to read them and he does, he's very good and solid in those high pressure situations, whereas Bo Nix was failing. Hmm. So if it was, um, he was orchestrating, he was 27 of 39. His stat lines are not going to throw you out of the water. He had 300 passing yards, but it was more so about how he was able to direct the drives. He had 75 and 82 yard drives in the fourth quarter to overcome a 24, 20 deficit. Everything was cool, calm, collected, smart decision-making. He didn't force any passes where they, they weren't. And he was sharp with them. He was hitting his targets. And that's what we saw in the first matchup against Oregon, which I thought could be maybe coming to fruition again. If it comes down to quarterback play, it's going to be Michael Penix over Quinn Ewers. But this is such a solid running game for Texas. It's going to be interesting to see if Coach Sark is going to keep it to the ground and pound or if he is going to let uh, Quinn kind of bomb it downfield. So that's a question that I have for you here as we watch this now. So Quinn Ewers, if I were to tell you stat line wise uh, yesterday in the Big 12 championship game, uh, looks good, right? 35 of 46, 452 yards, 9.8 yards per attempt, four touchdowns, one interception. Uh, he did commit a single turnover early play. That was that uh, interception so overall numbers look solid uh, one of these uh, metrics that we like to use one of the grading systems that we like to use pro football focus had it with a 66.5 pff passing grade so pretty average in terms of breaking down what he actually did one of the shocking things when you break down his numbers is when he was kept clean mm-hmm. he was not very good actually right. 60.2 when he was under pressure his passing grade went up to a 77.3 so the question here is 
do you trust Quinn Ewers? What can Quinn Ewers do? Because Washington defensively, you're going to immediately gravitate toward their rush defense, which currently, as it sits, 99th in the country, expected points added by opponents via the rushing game. Right. Having said that, they are 31st whenever an opponent drops back. So they're much better from a pass coverage standpoint, from an ability to cover. And this is the interesting dynamic of what you see here. Running game could work for Texas. I think right. it's very much true. But does Quinn Ewers do you enough here to allow you to win and cover this number, win by that margin? What we've seen, it kind of expected. It was like the player prop of the century, Quinn Ewers, to throw an interception. The thing is, he can throw an interception and still excel. He had 400 yes, passing yards yesterday. It's a matter of like when that interception comes rather than whether he's going to have one or not. Just expect it. That's kind of his MO at this point. With it, why they could rely on the heavy run game is because they keep finding weapons at, on the run game. Out goes Jonathan Brooks. In comes C.J. Baxter, who is a complete stud to fill in for his role. And then came Jaden Blue who was a complimentary to Baxter. Well, now you have a one-two punch. In yesterday's game, they found a third punch, and that was with Keelan Robinson. He had 75 yards on four carries plus two scores. Now you've got a one-two-three punch that you're not having to put all of the pressure on two Quinoers. The deep ball ability is there. He has been more precise this season, more consistent, more accurate than last year. Last year, it was kind of like, are we going to get... It was a, a boomer bust type of player. This year, he's shown a lot more consistency with this game. Now, because he's you have these multiple players on the ground game, it really is can alleviate the pressure. But if it comes down to like a two minute mark, if it comes down to a high pressure situation at the to close out the half to close out the game, I'm not sure that I would put the trust in him. So, as I've said, I believe that Michigan and Alabama is a game that I believe is going to go under that total. Mm -hmm. And right now, again, still sitting at 46 for that one. We are sitting at 63 and a half here at DraftKings. A couple of the spots that were opened up at 64 are down to 63 and a half. Let me ask you this. Am I right in thinking that side, this is one that is side is correlated to outcome. So what I mean by that is if mm -hmm. I am somebody like me mm -hmm. who likes Washington plus four and a half, who thinks they're going to be live inside of this number, I believe that this is a game that potentially goes over the total right. because Washington is going to have offensive success. While I think Washington is better defensively than what the, the general collective think, they're still a team that is susceptible to strong running games. I think Texas has that. Steve Sarkeesian is a very good pay, uh, play caller. He's going to scheme up some offense here. But I believe that Washington, if they're going to win and be successful, cover a number this is going to be a high scoring a game if texas is going to win that means this defense this defensive line is going to start to flex its muscle a little bit here if they're going to win a cover and win by this margin this game's going under because part of that path to victory is holding down michael Penix jr and the washington huskies offensively I would lend more towards the over because this could revert. This could become a pass heavy game because both of the defenses are shutting down the run games. We know how strong of its front Texas has on that defensive front that you have a solid pass rush. Washington, I was actually really impressed with their defense when they played against Oregon. How much of it was the second time playing them? The familiarity is there. Or was it that Washington's defense has improved 20 yards from Bucky Irving? That was just like absurd to me. He's one of the best running backs. He's definitely the best player on that Oregon offense and they shut him down that and they've been utilizing the run game a little bit more with Dylan Johnson. So because we could see the attempts of the run game, but not having success, it turns into a pass heavy game. Whoever eliminates or uh, prevents having the mistakes, mm -hmm. then yeah, pass heavy game lends to the over. Who do you think this bracket favors the most? Texas, Alabama. Texas and Alabama. That's what they that's want. That's what, that's what they want in the championship. Well, I don't know what they SEC. want. I'm asking Pam. What does Pam think? Uh, Alabama, Texas. Yeah. I think Texas's defense is the key factor in this. I, I think as that great of a quarterback as Michael Penix is. Sure. 
I, I would say that the at least for a path, obviously, to a national championship game, it does favor Washington in that you at least get an opponent that you can pick on one single weakness that you do particularly well. Mm-hmm. For Michigan, I mean, like we talked, we kind of alluded to, and you you know, you showed me the video of them <laughs> when the fourth team was announced. Congratulations on being the best team in college football and grabbing the one seed. You get Alabama. Yep. That is uh, that's pretty brutal for for a team like Michigan who had everything in front of them to now have to deal with that. By the way, the odds to win this whole thing now: Michigan plus one eighty, the favorite; Alabama two to one; Texas plus two sixty. And not a surprise, bringing up the rear from power rating standpoint, the lowest power rated team in the college football playoff right now: Washington at plus six fifty. So minuscule margin between Michigan and Alabama, slightly wider margin between those two in Texas, and then an even bigger margin between Texas and Washington as we can kind of surmise from there uh, by the way fsu athletic director michael alford did chime in quote the consequences of giving in to a narrative of the moment are destructive far-reaching and permanent not just for florida state but college football as a whole it is unforgivable wow man dramatic uh, it does suck jordan travis also released a statement actually apologizing for breaking his leg it seems that's pretty, that's pretty sad <laughs> like, that's pretty depressing when you really think about it uh but let's get a little happier you know who's gonna make us laugh matt humans matt humans is a ray of sunshine he'll join us next get his thoughts on what the committee's decision was and what we are looking at now for the college football playoff <laughs> semifinals Lines revealed on VEASAN, the sports betting network. In the association, the game changes in an instant, but no matter how the action unfolds, you know DraftKings Sportsbook has your back. This week, new customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting five bucks on basketball. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code VSIN. The crown is yours. Speaking of the NBA, in-season tournament play starts tomorrow. No day, uh, no games today. Took the day off the association to get out of the way of the college football playoff ranking in the National Football League, and we get two games tomorrow. Cannot wait to watch those. And if you want it, we have an NBA in-season tournament hub up at vcin.com. All right, let's welcome in Matt Humans, one of our many esteemed hosts here on the network host of vcin tonight yes that's the name of the show matt we appreciate it so i know that you probably don't care i know because you told us uh, but we should start with just the big topic just your general thoughts on what the committee did putting in alabama over florida state and uh, i'll say this i think what irritates a lot of people is just the inconsistency you can say this year it's the best teams but last year it wasn't the best teams because you put in tcu over alabama i think that's why people get riled up it's it's just different year to year week to week <laughs> I mean, what would you expect from the playoff committee? It's yep. a, I always say it's a crooked committee of clowns and uh, really they're under the table dealings, backroom politics. There's a lot of different stuff that goes on. And I, th- I think most people who get all bent out of shape just fail to acknowledge or recognize that the uh, Big Ten and the SEC have all the power. And uh, some of these other conferences don't have much influence or power. And uh, that's a lot of it, what it comes down to. So I don't get out all bent out of shape about this stuff on Twitter like some people do. I, I expected it was going to be Michigan, Washington, Texas, Alabama. And, uh, hey, let's face it, it sucks for Florida State. I don't like it either. But maybe Jordan Travis should not have been out there running around uh, when you're a 48-point favorite against North Alabama. And, um, you know, that's something to regret. And, hey, let's, let's, let's look at it. Uh, Florida State would have been at least a seven, probably a double-digit underdog against every playoff team. So I'm not going to cry for about Florida State being left out. 
Well, let's take a look at some the greener pastures. And we have the postseason, all of the bowl games. It's one of my favorite times of year. But it's honestly like it's become increasingly difficult over the last couple of seasons because of the transfer portal, because players are now more often than not opting out. What is your strategy for handicapping the, po- the bowl season? That's a good question, Pam. I was talking about that with uh, somebody a couple of days ago. I said, you know, the past couple of years, the bowl season has changed a lot. And this year, it's going to be more, the changes are going to be more dramatic than ever. We're going to see more players sitting out. We've already got more transfers than we've ever had at this point. And I think it's going to be more challenging to handicap. But you have to be careful about which uh, teams you're going to play early and make sure that you really study these teams and that the key players are not going to be Missing the the teams you want to bet, you got to make sure key players are not going to be sitting out or missing, or that you're going to be on the wrong side of a line move. And uh, I think that's the biggest challenge for handicappers. I'll, I'll tell you, give you one game that I'm looking at that we know a matchup, and it's a Hawaii Bowl on December 23rd, and that's Coastal Carolina against San Jose State. I want to play San Jose, and I'd love to lay less than seven in that game. And we know that Siobhan Cordero, the quarterback for the Spartans was from Hawaii is not going to be sitting out that game and San Jose is not going to have a bunch of players sitting out for the draft or transferring. So I feel pretty secure in betting San Jose. I'd like to weigh less than seven, but yeah, that's a great question that uh, you have to study this stuff a lot more. And um, there, there could be some dramatic uh, line moves in these bowl games. So before we get to that, let's expand on that really quickly. Like, for example, um, outside of opt-outs, Matt, uh, our give a F and don't give a F teams, <laughs> right? Like your motivation. Mm-hmm. And you're going to get the two of them to face off with one another. What in the world do you do motivationally with Florida State and Georgia in the Orange Bowl? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm probably not going to bet Florida State. I, I, I think that uh, Georgia is going to be – around a 13-point favorite. And, you know, Tate Rodemaker is going to be back at quarterback for the Seminoles. So what we saw last night is not going to be the same Florida State team uh, that we see in the bowl game. But, again, Kirby Smart's a pretty good motivator. And even though the Bulldogs may not give an F, I actually think they're going to show up for this game. Uh, This is still a team with a lot of pride. Had, what, a 29 or 30-game win streak that was snapped yesterday by Alabama. And uh, I think Georgia will go there and kind of, um, you know, make a statement that uh, we deserve to be a playoff team. I don't know. That's maybe a phony motivation. But I, I think George is going to play with uh, uh, some pride and uh, probably just has too much. Uh, you watched Florida State last night. I think the under might be a good bet in that game, too. Yeah. Hey, this Florida State defense is outstanding. And that's, you know, we're talking about Florida State getting left out because of the quarterback. Florida State's got a playoff-worthy defense. There's no question about it. That defense is outstanding, and I think Georgia's going to have a hard time putting up a lot of points. But I also don't think Florida State's going to be scoring much in that game, so I'm probably going to look under, uh, probably not going to look at the underdog. That was just, uh, aside from one big play on that uh, quarterback run last night, Florida State just couldn't generate anything offensively, and I wouldn't expect a, a whole lot to be different in that bowl game, but you're right about the motivation question too. I mean, that's something we talk about every year in the bowl season, uh, location, motivation, a lot of different things you handicap. And that's one of those games where which team's going to be motivated. You could say Florida state's ticked off, but not making the playoff and uh, wants to make a statement, but I don't think so. I think it's going to be incredibly deflating for the Seminoles not to be in the playoff after being an unbeaten power five conference champ. And I just, uh, I, I have to think that George is probably just going to be the much better team in that game. 
And let's look at the teams that we know for sure are 100% motivated. And of course, that's the college mm-hmm. football playoffs. Washington right now is four and a half dogs to Texas. My Longhorns. But to me, this is a tale of two quarterbacks. You have Quinn Ewers. He's kind of a little bit more of a liability. Michael Penix. He's obviously still <laughs> potentially a Heisman, uh, at least an invite. What do you make of this mm-hmm. matchup for early thoughts? Yours is interesting because he's, he's inconsistent. At times it looks really good, and I'll make a couple bad throws, like yesterday when he hit the linebacker between the numbers. And uh, I, uh, I actually like Washington a little bit in this game. Now, I liked Washington against Oregon on uh, Friday night, too, and the betting market was just hammering the Ducks like they were going to destroy the Huskies. <laughs> Kalen DeBoer is one of the best coaches in college football. Look at his record. Look at what he's done over the past uh, three or four years. I don't want to bet against Kalen DeBoer and uh, Ben on Sark and uh, Quinn Ewers in that matchup. So uh, I actually, I like Washington and I'm going to grab the five. Do you guys see a five out there in the screen? Cause I think four and a half was uh, the highest number I was seeing, but it, it seems like the betting markets, you know, been down on the Huskies and I'm not, I actually, uh, I think Washington grabbing the points there. Uh, might be the uh, bet for me. Yeah, there's one four and a half out there, Matt, but predominantly fours across the board. There were a couple of fives early, but the market agrees. I agree with you, too. Uh, I also think this kind of correlates a little bit more to a higher scoring game, right? If Washington's going to win this thing, might go over the total of 63 and a half, but uh, Mm -hmm. we haven't really seen much movement there. All right, what do we do with Alabama and Michigan then? Because I I, look, I I lean a little bit toward the Alabama side, but I feel stronger that this game is going to go under the total of 46, and we're at least seeing 45 and a halfs appear. And how about this? When we were getting you on, Circa flashed to pick before getting bet back up to Michigan minus one and a half. Well, okay. So I agree with what you said there. I leaned to Alabama in this game too. And that's why another reason why I'm not crying about Florida state being left out of the playoff is because we're talking about you and I leaning towards Bama against the number one seed Michigan. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, I watched the big 10 title game last night. Uh, uh, my life is not better because of it. Uh, Michigan 12 first downs, 213 total yards, 34 rushing attempts for 66 yards against Iowa. Yep. I'm thoroughly unimpressed with uh, the Big Ten this season as a whole, and I'm not sure that uh, Michigan uh, deserves to be a uh, two. When, when this number came out, it was two, two and a half. I was like, please let this hit three. I'm taking Bama plus three, and it never got there. I was waiting. I know Dan Saley, college football handicapper from Vegas, he bought the half point. He already bought it to Bama plus three. I did not do that. But uh, I'm leaning Bama here. I, I just don't think this Michigan offense is uh, that explosive. And, uh, you know, that Big Ten title game yesterday kind of tells you a lot when you look at it. 213 total yards and 12 first downs against an Iowa team that couldn't get a first down offensively. The Iowa offense was doing nothing in that game. And I'm not giving the Michigan defense a ton of credit for that because that Iowa offense is one of the worst I've ever seen. Well, oh, Matt, everybody on, so, everybody on social media told me that Michigan was just hiding things. You're just not showing their full deck of cards, Matt. That's what they're doing. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I hope they got a couple more cards than they uh, showed last night because that was uh, not, not too impressive. And, you know, I'm just talking over the course of the season, too, JVT. You know this. You looked at Michigan's body of work. One of the Wolverines – Best wins UNLV. against UNLV. Yep. And, and, yeah, UNLV is a, a good team, but UNLV just got beat by 24 in the Mountain West Championship game. So, yep. okay. No, completely agree. Uh, absolutely agree. And I also agree with your assessment that uh, the Big Ten this year uh, did low-key stink. It was not very good as a whole. Low-key. Uh, uh, all right, Matt. We appreciate it. We're up against it. Thanks for the time today, though, man. Thanks, Matt. Okay, you bet. Yep. Thanks. Yeah, that is, uh, you know, I've heard, like, a lot of, like, this thought, Pam, that, like, oh, we just, we don't know about Michigan yet. 
you know, sometimes we do know, right? Sometimes teams are screaming at you, this is what I am, right? And yet we kind of refuse to see it. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like they're hiding things. Everything's going to be, I, I don't know if that's going to be the case. I think that Michigan's really going to be up against it from an off. I mean, I'm we talked not. about betting this game under a team total under would be very interesting to see when this thing gets opposed to what, what we're going to look at it's here. It's Michigan against everybody. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it seems like everybody's playing defense against them considering how bad they've been on offense. All right. We'll take our break. When we come back, do we have another guest coming up with us. Oh yeah, we do. How about that? Nick Bruner's going to be with us. DraftKings trading manager, get his thoughts on the process of setting these things up and what these next 24 hours are going to be like as the Bulls get set. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., 
and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is College Lines Revealed on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Juice Reel is a free betting intelligence app and a tool that every better needs. Juice Reel links your betting accounts into one app, delivers in-depth betting analytics on your betting history. And there's much more at Juice Reel. They have access to the betting history of billions of bets placed by all Juice Reel users. It's in-depth betting analytics with billions of data points that enables you to tail the winning bettors and fade the losers. Juice Reel also has developed an AI bot. How about that? Future user the data from all the Juice Reel bets. Robo Jackson's picking winners at a rate of 60% through more than 100 games. Find out yourself down Download Juice Reel. Juice like Orange Juice Reel, R-E-E-L. Download the free app in the App Store, Apple, or Google Play. It's free. Juice Reel. Juice, R-E-E-L. All right, let's welcome in Matt Bruner. Nice enough to have me. Nick Bruner. I combined Matt Grill and Nick Bruner together. <laughs> uh, nice enough to give us some time here today. DraftKings Trading Manager, Nick. We appreciate the time. So, uh, actually, I'll ask this. It, it, how easy is today? Right? You guys have your power ratings. You guys are all set. You're just waiting for the matchups. You plug it in. You go, right? Right, guys. Yeah, uh, happy to be on. Crazy morning and and night of action, um, guys. I can report for the make the playoff markets. It was just um, incredible the the action these markets were taking. Um, a lot of a lot of changes in the odds. You know, over the course of the last 24 hours, you know, the market's opinion of Florida State and Alabama in terms of who deserves to be in um, seems to have drastically shifted. Um, you know, we 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 had some opening prices that were different than some other other shops. Um, notably Florida State and Alabama. Um, you know, happy to say, like, I feel like our lines were, were, were very close to the closing odds despite that difference, guys. So, yeah, pretty happy with, with the way things shook out. Well, in, in terms of the yes-no playoffs in the, you know, 12, 18 hours after all the games were over, what, where did you guys acquire the most liability and uh, what was the most popular? Well, guys, um, as far as liability, I can tell you that Georgia, once that got up to, you know, 12 to one this morning, that was a popular pick. Uh, you know, we, we really took some two way on a lot of these guys, just with the way the lines were moving so drastically. Um, but, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm happy to report we, we, we did a great job. I feel like I'm, I'm very proud of the, the traders and the team here in, in terms of managing the, the markets and, and making sure we're, we're in a good spot. We're entering the bowl season, so that means as the matches are put together to the time that they are actually kicking off, how are you guys making the line adjustments with the teams that are potentially sitting players out or maybe losing players to the transfer portal from now until kickoff? Oh, it's, it's almost an impossible task. Sam, I'm glad that you bring that up with just with the way the transfer portal is now. And I mean, I think could any of us tell, tell the other person how many quarterbacks are in the transfer portal right now? I mean, there's a ton of guys. And, and on top of that, when a guy is in the transfer portal, is he going to play in the bowl game or is he not? You know, that obviously makes an enormous difference to the line. Um, uh, one example I like to, to mention is uh, I think it was two years ago, Emory Jones said he was going to transfer out of Florida and lo and behold, he's there in the bowl game playing so you know just because a guy puts his name in the portal doesn't necessarily mean he's not going to play and, and that just makes our, our job in terms of making lines you know really hard to do so then what do you guys do with your your ratings here right because i would assume nick you don't entirely throw them out but you know you can't just plug in like for example the, the other bowl that we have set 
San Jose State and Coastal Carolina in the Hawaii Bowl, you can't just pull up your ratings, plug them in, and go, okay, here's a line, because we already know that Coastal Carolina is going through some transfers. San Jose State's got a quarterback who used to play for Hawaii. is going to be highly motivated. Like, there's so many different factors. So what do you do with your power ratings? Absolutely. Yeah, you know, the power ratings are, are not going to be your end-all, be-all, especially um, come bowl season because of, you know, what, what you're saying. Uh, so, you know, you, you, you have to stick to your power ratings, obviously, but I feel like once the bowl games hit, you know, there's another aspect at play. It's a lot more information driven as opposed to, you know, we line these teams up every week and most of the market gets that information over the course of six days. But guys, that's, that's not necessarily going to happen in these bowl games. So in terms of what do we do with our power ratings, you know, they're just, you just have to kind of like lower your weighting of them um, and, and and be able to take in more information than a simple power rating, you know, plug them in and see what the line is because that's just not how these bowl games are played, guys. Nick Bruner, senior trader over at DraftKings. All right, Nick, before we get to the semifinals, uh, you as a guy who just watches the sport, what would you make of the committee's decision to uh, include Alabama and exclude Florida State? thought it was the right call. I, I thought um, it was, you know, obviously a very tough decision to leave out an undefeated power conference team with – Quality wins in Florida State, you know, out of conference, a couple of big ones, you know, one at Clemson. I mean, they, they deserved it, you know, but when you lose such a, a key quarterback and the committee has, you know, some, some criteria out there that says, you know, if a player's availability becomes in question and, and could affect future performance, like that's something they consider. So when you factor that in, I feel like they really did make the best decision. Um, yeah. All right, so let's start with the first one then, uh, the big one. Congratulations, Michigan. Right, Nick, you get Alabama. Uh, what did you guys open? What did you make the total? And, and what has the early action been like for this first semifinal matchup? Yep, uh, so we opened two and a half. Michigan favored. Uh, we're currently sitting two. Definitely seeing some Bama money coming in, but I think Michigan's a, a deserved, uh, you know, couple-point favorite there. Uh, currently sitting at 46 on the total. But, yeah, early money coming in on Bama. How much, oh, sorry, really quick, Pam. How much, as we kind of wait for these games to get set, and, and right, we're not going to play these games for nearly a month, what does the action look like in terms of handle in the weeks leading up? How much do you guys take today? How much do you guys take throughout the days? And how does it compare to actual game day? Well, you know, you know that's, that's a good question. Um, in terms of on game day, you know, we're going to be taking, you know, as the game gets closer, the your, your limits are, are going to increase. You know, that's just kind of bookmaking. Um, but Worse, we're, with the the way these lines are, and just like you know, these are not bowl games that, like like where other guys are sitting out. So we feel pretty good about the lines. We're taking you know thousands uh, of dollars bets um, on these games now. You know, a month out. So I, I definitely anticipate that only growing and growing. But um, this is these are going to be very liquid markets, not ones that you know we're going to be scared to take action on. Um, it's going to be a you know several, several, several million dollar decisions by the time these games kick off. Definitely the bigger matchup, uh, at least the, what could be the most popular would be Texas against Washington. Oh, no, your bias of, is speaking. <laughs> my bias is yeah. speaking for sure. Hook them. Um, but no, this is like a tale of two teams right now. You have Texas has a very good defense with the capable offense. And then you have Washington, of course, is uh, heavily relied on Michael Penix Jr. Where do you expect this line to move by the time kickoff comes off? Yeah, great question. Um, I, I don't expect it to move too much at all. Um, we're, at DraftKings, we're currently sitting at Texas minus four and a half, um, and it seems to be a pretty steady line out there, guys. Right around four, four and a half. Um, I think 
all, most shops open this line anywhere from three to five. Um, and I, I really don't expect it to, to get any kind of crazy movement. I think um, these are two teams that we kind of know who they are at this point, and they've both proven them, themselves uh, over and over again. Uh, I think Texas deserves to be, you know, a little bit more in a three-point favorite here, and I kind of think that's where it, it closes, guys. Okay, I like it. All right, from a total standpoint, uh, for this one specifically, do you think that this is one where we start to see the market come in over? I was making the case, Nick, that I think this is a game where it's correlated to a side. You like Washington, I think it goes over. If it's Texas game, it goes under. I like that. I like that, JVT. I, I like your thinking there, and, you know, I'm just going to agree with you there. I, I think that's a good call. Yeah, all right. Hey, Nick, before we get you out of here, uh, overall, as we approach now bowl season and we look at how much these games are going to go up, how much sleep do you get over the next, like, two, three <laughs> days as these games are going to get up? And, of course, in the weeks leading up to all of the bulls. Well, guys, I don't know if anything is going to replicate the, the action that we saw over the last 24 hours with these playoff markets. I, I can't emphasize that enough just – just thrilled with the, the, the betting interest there. Um, but yeah, you know, this time of year is, is a grind and, you know, we're also talking about hoops, picking up full steam with conference play getting started. So, you know, if you like college football, college basketball, yeah, you're not sleeping too much this time of year. That's a good point. Nick Bruner, senior trader, DraftKings. Nick, it's always good to talk to me. Thanks for joining us uh, throughout the season. We appreciate it. Thanks, Nick. Thank you. Yep, you got it. All right, so again, Washington and Texas, four and a half with a total of 63 and a half. Tell me, uh, though, that of the final four teams, Texas will not have the biggest fan base. I think you are. Uh, <laughs> I, for, I'll, I'll say this. I, I think you are wrong in that from a viewership standpoint, Alabama, Michigan is going to blow Texas, Washington out of the water. Yeah. I, I, only because it's not Texas. I don't think people care about Washington. Right. You know what I mean? I, I think that's part of the problem. But a Texas-Alabama, Texas-Michigan championship game, uh, it'll be massive. The Washington-Oregon game was one of the most watched games of the season. No, it was how a Friday night by itself. Uh, okay. And there's a gonna... reason why. So I'll, like, I'll put it that we were actually, I was here with Mike Palm when we were watching that game together on Friday night, and we even made that comment, which is there's a reason why the Pac-12 puts it on Friday night because right. there's nothing Stand else alone. going on, and you Correct. want to watch, like, right, because there's nothing else. Like, let's watch this championship game. Right. I mean, you're watching that, or you're watching, I mean, I was watching New Mexico State Liberty, but there's a reason why the Pac-12 wants its own day because if you were to put the Pac-12 on a day like yesterday right. where everybody else is watching everything, including your Texas Longhorns, they would kind of get smoked. So I don't think many people, because yeah. especially with Washington, Washington. I don't think there's that many people who've watched Washington maybe once this year and it was on Friday. Could they even name Michael Penix as the quarterback? <laughs> that's probably the most that they'll be able to give you. But that's, that's uh, yeah. outside of that. No shot. Their head coach. No way. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So it's not, it's not a slide against your Texas Longhorns. It's more of a slide against their opponent. I'm just trying to think of like, is there any type of home field between these two matchups anywhere? Considering a family. Uh, yeah, I think Sugar Bowl favors Texas a bit. Yeah. Uh, don't you share a border? Of course. That's what I I'm learned doing. that during the week or like during the season. Uh, Paul Stone, hey, who, by the way, is going to join us. He's the one that told me. All right, let's take our break. When we come back, we'll reset the field and where we're at, but we'll also give you my top five give a F and don't give a F teams for bowl season. With your first look at this week's college football lines, this is College Lines Revealed on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Here's Jonathan Von Tobel. We are College Lines Revealed, presented by DraftKings. It's VEASAN, the sports betting network with Jonathan Von Tobel and Pamela Maldonado. The college football playoff has been set. Number one, Michigan will take on Alabama. And Texas will take on Washington in two matchups that should be a lot of fun. And you would hope because these college football playoff semifinal has a long history of being absolute doo-doo. Um, we should get some really good games coming up here when we get to New Year's Day. 
with that, we have set the table. We have talked about this, but bowl season is here. So I decided, Pam, I'm going to make some lists. Part of the, the one of the big things about bowl season that a lot of people like to do, they like to play amateur psychologists. They like to pretend that they know that these teams are motivated or not motivated. And you're going to hear every which way why a team cares or doesn't care. So I've decided to do it myself. And I have made up a list really with like, I don't know. I just went through the list. And I was like, all right, these teams. Okay, boom. Let's let's think five. So these are my t- like top five. I call them gaff teams. You can you can think about what GAF means. Uh, but my top five gaff teams in bowl season. And to Caesar, by the way, I want to tell you, thank you. Because when I sent them to you, they were numbered. I did not mean them to be ranked. So I appreciate you not putting numbers on them because I don't think like one, two, or three. But these are my five teams that will absolutely give a bleep in bowl season. You tell me if you disagree. James Madison okay. is allowed to get in, of course, not in the bowl teams, in. UNLV, first bowl in over 10 years and uh, a bowl win. <laughs> Hilarious uh, for UNLV. <laughs> New Mexico State, Jerry Kill, what they've been able to do. You, are, you, you love New Mexico State after watching what their season transpired. A very heavily motivated team. Northwestern, after what happened in the offseason, you rally around your interim coach. He gets the job. You get bowl eligibility after a win over Purdue. You're going to be hyped up and ready to go. Same thing with Georgia Tech. Given the fact that this team got to where it's at, let's go. Georgia Tech, a motivated bowl team. Any disagreements with my top five give a F bowl teams this bowl season? I think James Madison gives me pause only because their quarterback, who has been an absolute stud this season, over 3,400 passing yards, Jordan McLeod, he entered the transfer portal. So it's kind of what we were just talking about, um, right? A little while ago. Don't don't hit me with malicious facts. Do you think James Madison is going to be motivated? (sighs) Who cares about whether or not their starting quarterback is going to be there? Motivation is the question here. Meh. What do you mean, meh? Meh. You really don't think that they're going to care? First bowl in program history? First bowl in program. I mean, yeah, but you also had the chance to go undefeated, then you lost, and then you're not getting into. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would. Just out of all the options, because of those options, I would say James Madison potentially could be the the, the least motivated simply because you're, you don't have you're potentially playing without your quarterback. Is he still going to play the bowl? That's a big question mark. But he has entered the transfer portal. They did respond with a uh, a whooping, a beatdown of Coastal Carolina after losing App State in that matchup. Went on they the did. road to Coastal. Whooped the crap out of them, 56 to 14. Season over, way to close it out. Yep. And as you mentioned, McLeod, uh, Jordan McLeod to enter the transfer portal. This is going to be the third time uh, that he is going to do that. So it did release a statement to my coaches and teammates who become family. I'm proud of what we have done here, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Not that proud because you're leaving. So (laughs) we'll see if that comes a day after, of course, Kurt Signetti, to your point as well, uh, who coached James Madison for five seasons. He was announced as a new head coach at Indiana. So while they might be extremely motivated, James Madison potentially without, of course, their starting quarterback and their head coach but motivation knows no bounds i will say most motivated new mexico state and unlv those are absolutely perfect cases for the both of those teams uh unlv had such fantastic season making it into the championship game for the first time ever and then of course new mexico state they didn't play in the COVID year their last winning regular season was back in 2002 them they themselves highly motivated to close it out will be interesting to watch for for unlv's perspective um because Who's the starting quarterback for UNLV? Jay yeah, Miyama got Miami. benched yesterday Correct. for uh, it was a terrible performance. And the kid who has played well all year long, but was weeping on the sidelines because he did not play well in a Mountain West championship game. Uh, Doug Brumfield 
the quarterback who was the original starter for them at the beginning of the season ended up coming in. Who the starting quarterback for me will you will be for UNLV is going to be a question. Uh, but overall, I, I think to your point, very strong. Although the wording from the press conference and everything yesterday was kind of weird because there was a lot of this was a good season. Don't forget it. It's like you guys got one more game left. Let's you got a bowl. Let's go, folks. <laughs> uh, but I and I think you and I are lockstep. New Mexico State going to be highly motivated. It's just very uh, difficult this time of year to figure out motivation for any team. No, honestly. no, Pam. We know everything. And we talked. About, we need to talk about the bowl bowl season strategy because it has become. I used to love bowl season a few years ago. I used to do a handicap on every single bowl game. That quit after the transfer portal. I was like, I'm done. I can't do it. I can't keep up with it. It has become increasingly difficult because not only of the transfer portal, but now we have seen more players opt and sit out and it's like, you can't keep up. They're being called, they're deciding day of, oh, I'm not going to play. So unless you follow these beat writers, you're actively searching Twitter of who is in and who is out on that day of the lineup. Do not be betting these pre. You're not getting good numbers. These are numbers are going to change and alter. They may want to play now, come three weeks when they actually have that bowl game. They may not. Uh, Unless you have information, right? Like, that's the whole point. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, for example, I know a good one. Uh, Alabama, Kansas State uh, last year, right? right? So everybody thought the assumption was like, oh, Alabama, of course, they're not going to care. Bryce Young's going to leave. He's going to have that. Bryce Young ended up playing. Correct. And they ended up beating Kansas State So and but covering it, that number. So, But early uh, early information also doesn't help because we had early indications that uh, a couple seasons ago, UNC, all of their wide receivers were sitting out and they were playing against A&M. None of it mattered. They still put a whooping. Like, it was Sam Hill. Oh, information matters in terms of closing line value, but to your Correct. point, right? Like, it's like, even if you have closing line value, it doesn't really matter because sometimes translate bowl to season's the, weird. Correct. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So those are my top five give a F bowl teams. Uh, here are my top five. Don't give a F bowl teams coming into this year, this bowl season. Two of them are going to play one another. So I probably should have thought of uh, maybe one more Florida State and Georgia. This is going to be somewhat tough because I was making the case, uh, you know, you can liken Florida State to a program that is in that very state, which was UCF all those years ago when they went undefeated, didn't make it. Uh, and then, of course, uh, took on uh, Auburn in the Peach Bowl and ended up winning that. And then they actually put up a banner and gave everybody rings for like a faux national championship. Does Florida, you can make the argument Florida State would be highly motivated coming into this game. You can make the argument that Florida State would be extremely unmotivated. Deflated. Given the fact that, yeah, right. I wouldn't say say unmotivated, just deflated. Right. So I think think they belong here, but who knows? Georgia, same thing. When you've won consecutive (laughs) national championships, you've only lost one game in your last 30. And now you got to go play in the Orange Bowl against Florida State. Are you going to be that motivated when you have guys with pro aspirations on the roster? Not entirely sure, but it has been brought up. I think humans brought it up with us. Kirby Smart did make his team believe last year that somebody had picked them to go seven and five. So nobody had done that, but he had still motivated them to the point where after they won the national championship, they were actually screaming that nobody believed in Georgia, which was not the case. If you got to get a motivator, it might not be the case, but at least with the first two, Florida State, Georgia, do you disagree? Uh, with the first two, it's very difficult for Florida State, I'm I'm repeat it. It's not that they're not motivated. It's the winds haven't taken out of them. They no longer like they are. They've. If I feel terrible, as terrible as I did this morning over my Longhorns, I was so deflated for this team. How are they going to feel? I don't know if they're going to be able to rebound from this emotionally in time for a bowl game. Georgia, I honestly don't think they care. They, they haven't been in this position. This is going to be so interesting to see what, what the line is. Two, who, who are they playing? Do we know who they're going to play against? Yeah, it's Florida um, State, Georgia. Florida State, Georgia, it's, it's yeah. It's going to be the Orange Bowl. Yeah. I would say more motivated between these two, probably Florida State, because I don't know if Georgia is even going to give any two. 
this is also the weird part about like these decisions that we don't know the ramifications of how it makes people feel. Uh, Jordan Travis, and I kind of laugh, but this is kind of sad. I, I laugh at the disbelief of it. Uh, tweeted out, devastated, heartbroken, and so much disbelief right now. I wish my leg broke earlier in the season so you guys could see that this team is much more than the quarterback. I mm-hmm. thought results matter. 13-0, and this roster matches up across any team in those top four rankings. Mm-hmm. I am so sorry. Jeez. Gold, no, uh, go Knowles. Uh, it almost seems like Travis apologizing for potentially breaking his leg. Obviously, yeah. should not be. Um, and it does speak to it was a weird decision overall to not include mm-hmm. Florida State so who knows maybe it is a rallying cry the other three uh, give a F or don't give a F teams in my top five list Clemson we know what's going on with Clemson right a team that had been competing for bowl it should be for national championships very down year did get to eight wins it seemed to really rally and turn things around at the end of the season uh, so I think this is like the shakiest of the five that I have put in there USC who in the world knows what's going on there I don't think you're gonna get cable uh, Caleb Williams I think you're gonna have multiple guys uh, dip out whether via transfer or getting ready for the NFL draft and then this is a sneaky one I think Air Force had everything in front of them at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. They were going to be undefeated. They could go to the Mountain West Championship game. Been they near. completely fell apart, starting with that loss to Army. Lost four straight to end the season. You're talking about a team that was potentially pushing for a New Year six. Now it's going to be in some random bowl with the Mountain West tie. <laughs> I don't know how. I, look, it's the Service Academy. Playing and, in San Antonio you know, or something. Right. <laughs> the Service Academy, America, motivation, all that kind of stuff. But I'm not sure how motivated they'll be. What do you make of the last three, Clemson, USC, and Air Force? I dis- fully disagree that Clemson should not be on the does not care list they fully like after their fourth loss of the season losing to nc state back-to-back losses to miami and then nc state and then to rally as they did to win four straight to close out the season strong that is the indicator that they actually do care because that at that moment they knew they weren't going into a playoff they're not going to even make it into a new new year's we don't even know if they're going to be bowl eligible but this is a, a team that like rallied together they've always had a strong defense from start to finish they were just trying to find that offense a lot of these players are on the younger end so they're going to be having a lot of key players return next year yeah, I think they're going to want to whoop whoever it is they're playing. And to your point, too, about like information, right, and things changing. So if we go back to my top five teams who do give a F about bowl season, uh, news coming out about three minutes ago or so, uh, UNLV offense coordinator Brennan Marion, he had interviewed for the San Diego State job. He did not get it. He is in a final interview with UTEP, so he's going to be among the final candidates for the UTEP coaching job. So that is going to be a potential where UNLV does not have their offensive coordinator who really helped turn things around, helped develop Jade Maiava. So again, to your point, right, information coming fast and furious. Now, an offensive coordinator is not going to change a line right. with whatever happens, but not having your OC, which originated this offense that UNLV runs, you're going to see these situations quite a bit if he indeed gets this job. But at least they were finding out now on December 3rd that bowl game is not going to be for another couple of weeks. They have time to adjust. So a change last minute is largely drastic than a change made a couple of weeks in advance. Yep. So right now, again, no bowls outside of what we know. The Orange Bowl has been set. The Hawaii Bowl has been set. Uh, the Hawaii Bowl, of course, uh, of course, San Jose State in coastal Carolina so when those lines are up if we get them officially we'll see I know some projections have been Georgia minus 12 in the Florida State game it's not an official line so we'll see what indeed that is going to be by the time we get them Uh, let's take our break we'll come back we could talk a little bit more about bowl season overall what we expect from these teams as well in the semifinal it is college lines revealed here on Visa the sports betting network The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. 
and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is College Lines Revealed on VEASAN, the sports betting network. If you're not a VEASAN Pro subscriber, don't know what you're waiting for, you get a lot of benefits, including the Pro Tools, my favorite, the NBA Daily Player Prop Analyzer. How about that? You get the history of player props in terms of points, rebounds, and assists, where they were, where they're at, the record against the current number, and their record overall. Absolutely fantastic tool. One of the many that you have up there. You get the Pro Picks page and Pro Tips. More is offered. Just check out everything you have up on the website of VEASAN.com. And if you're not a subscriber, check out your options at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Tell you what, when you go up there, I'll give you, me personally, I'm going to make this decision 
decision, $9.99. How about that? That's the introductory offer I have decided. Really quickly, uh, because we are getting more out of uh, Florida State, do want to hit on this because it is the story of the day. Uh, Mike Norvell. Head coach from Florida State did release a statement, Pam. I am disgusted and infuriated mm-hmm. with the committee's decision today to have what was earned on the field taken away because a small group of people decided they knew better than the results of the games. What is the point of playing games? He does go on. Uh, he's very bad, and it's like three graphs. I'm not going to read all of them, but fury from Mike Norvell after Florida State was left out of the college football playoff. I officially rescind them from the don't give an F list. I think they're going to give an F. They're going to give an F, and Georgia is probably less likely to. At the very least, Florida State, what we know from them, they have such a great defense. I would have loved to have seen it against a Michigan team. I would have loved to have seen it just come. They've been, they got here because of this defense, regardless of the quarterback situation. It has been very stout from start to finish. This is one heck of a pass rush. They are one of the best. They're literally the only they are the only FBS team to have shut down every single opponent they have played since uh, week three, since playing Clemson early in the season, at least one quarter. And we saw it come to fruition yesterday when they shut down Louisville in the first half. No other team can say that. And they're not in. I am. I mean, I think a lot of teams could probably shut down Louisville, but I know. But, you don't, but it, this has been. It's a very stout defense. It is legitimate, and that's a huge part of the reason why they got here. Jordan Travis, he did not win the games. The team collectively did in large part because of this defense. I am devastated for them. That's it. It hurt. It sucks. It sucks. We move on. Uh, I will say this really quickly. <laughs> we do. Before we get to Jeffrey Benson and the other sports gambling angle to all of this. Um, but in the big picture, and this has kind of been the rumblings of a lot of conversations about this decision from the committee. I think realistically, this does, and I told Brenton Musburger this when we walked in today, I do think this gets the ball rolling on the ACC eventually dissolving, only because if you're Florida State, you just went undefeated in your conference, you beat two SEC teams, and they were like, nah, sorry, not strong enough, we're out, we don't want you in. That doesn't happen to teams in the power conferences, we'll call it, in the Correct. Big Ten, in the SEC. That's what happens to UCF. Um, you know, <laughs> exactly. And, and if Florida State leaves, Clemson would soon enough, I think, leave after that. The powers would be gone. And then all of a sudden you're looking at an ACC team that just added an ACC that just added Stanford and SMU and Cal. And congrats. Now the Miami Hurricanes can maybe finally win the conference. Uh, But it's just not great, I think, for the Atlantic Coast Conference. And it's great for the power conferences that are going to be the SEC and the Big Ten when everything's all said and done. All right, with that, let's throw this up from Jeff Benson. So we are waiting for the bowl games to get posted across the board and to get announced. Uh, We will have, it sounds like, what we say, Caesar, 1130 about bowl games are being announced at least for the new year six so we'll have those coming up in the next 18 minutes 12 minutes jeff benson who works here at circle behind the counter uh, will try and post the playoff games pretty quickly they did after they were announced open in 3k sides either limits 1k on totals for the college football playoff try to be at 10,000 and 2,000 within a short time frame as he notes rest of the bowl games are going to open tomorrow in the normal 3,000 and 1,000 dollar opener limits on side in total so i'm gonna ask paul stone this because I, I always this is i think a curious part about this right So during the week, the limits increase. And and generally, when you see on a normal week, I think it's about Thursdays where the limits increase, right? And so on Thursdays, there is the thought that the line moves on Thursdays are the ones that you find a little bit more legitimate because that's when the limits open up and that's when you can bet more money on these things. And that's when the, 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 the syndicates and the real players start to get involved. I do wonder at this point, Pam, Mm -hmm. we're at the college football semifinals. We've talked about this a lot, right? And we'll ask this a bit to Paul Stone. The numbers are tight, right? right? Have you ever seen Breaking Bad? You know, when he snorts the meth, what does he say? He's like, tight, 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 right? <laughs> the, these numbers are tight. And so 
if I'm somebody who has the capabilities of betting these limits at like $10,000 or so, and I do have an opinion that shapes the market, I, I do wonder if on a week like this, it's understandable when we're talking about throughout the week when we're on college lines reels, right? Because those numbers aren't as tight. When you just wait, like, are there really guys and gals who shape the market getting in at this point right now? Because these numbers are so tight, there's no point in revealing your hand early. Correct. Why wouldn't you just wait until the limits open up, as he said, within a short amount of time? Yeah, I'm just spitballing. I could be completely wrong and a professional better like Paul Stone come in and say, kid, I don't know what you're Got talking it. about here. But I like my line of thinking would be that in that like some of these line moves early that we saw, like we saw Circa flash to pick really quickly. Well, again, we're talking about opening 3K limits on sides, not the biggest limit. Right. So was that a legitimate line move that there was somebody smart out there that was willing to come in and bet Michigan or me Alabama then, or are the real players waiting to get involved once these open up because these are some really tight numbers? I think it's about risk assessment too. Like, yes, it is a limit, but it is still putting uh, money down on having less information for right now, like the college football playoff. These games aren't until January. That's four weeks from now. An injury could occur from now until then. There should be no rush, at least for the teams, as we get later into the New Year's Six, the college football playoff. There's no rush to bet these games unless you're a highly, in, unless you feel like you are acute with the market awareness and can pretty much predict at which line, if you think that right now Alabama's a two-point dog, but Alabama could be a two-point favorite, if, unless you're anticipating that, there's really no rush to run to the window today. Yeah. I always say that, too. Like, sometimes we see this in, like, I've talked about this with John Murray, who's the director over at the Superbook, and I brought it up a couple of times, where you'll see, like, the again, the people who shape the market, they don't have patience, essentially. So, like, you'll see a number that clearly looks like it's going to get to three. Correct. But they'll still come in and take two and a half. And it's right. like, what do we, what do we just wait just right. wait so I, I do wonder if there is a, a, a something to that but we'll see if that's going to be the case all right so what, not, what do you got? What do you got? i'm not at all calling myself a sharp better and i'm not one of the people who likes to bet early but i did take alabama last week at the opening line of five and a half and i was wrong i thought that it would come in closer to alabama but the line went against me in six and a half and i was like oh i could have could have waited if i waited two more days mm. <laughs> i would have had a better line and obviously it was not needed but i mean there are people out there who are who are smarter than i who say yes right now is the day to grab it now i'm gonna wait a few weeks so it, well, i wanted to bring this up really quick and we'll get back to all of these games so the the one thing that's going to be pretty fascinating is move forward we know that this is the last year for the 14 playoff next right. year the uh the, the powers that be were so mad that florida state got left off they decided to scrap it and next year they're gonna have a 12 team playoff i guarantee it uh so we're gonna get the 12 team playoff next year interestingly enough because uh, you're the big 12 gal so i want to get your thoughts in the format that the big, uh, the excuse me, the current twelve team playoff would be, your playoff teams would be Michigan in any order, seating wise, right? Michigan, Washington, Texas, Florida State, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Oregon, Missouri, Penn State, Ole Miss, those top eleven ranked teams, and then you take the highest rated group of five team, which would mean SMU SM. would mm. get in over mm. Oklahoma. Oklahoma. So there's still going to be these conversations that we have all the time. But I think that once we expand, it's going to get a little bit better. I can't wait to see some of the semifinals and true home games. Like, that's going to be a lot of fun. Or, excuse me, the opening rounds, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but in terms of our conversations that we're having, I know a lot of people think that the regular season won't matter as much. I think it'll matter a lot more. I think you're going to get these seedings. But these 12-team playoffs are going to be fantastic next year.
the playoff now, the playoff later, the playoff in the future, it doesn't really matter. It there is no they're not going off as a computer system that says this is A through B and this is A through Z and this is how it's gonna work. What they're telling us is opinion is always gonna come into way. Human error is always gonna come into way. I, I'd rather be the is always gonna come into way. That's what I'm saying. Like I, unless you're giving me a computer, there's always gonna be the human element to it. So there's always gonna be a year where somebody is unhappy with something. It's just gonna that's just the nature of the sport right now. Yeah, this is uh, like four teams. I think it was uh, Bud Elliott over at CBS Sports. I'll give credit for this because I and I, I thought it as well. I always thought like the first initial foray into college football playoff should have been six teams, right? Mm-hmm. And it's almost like the the uh, the old NFL format, which is give the top two teams buys, let the others duke it out, and then you go from there in true road right. games. And you know, six gives you that hey, all five Power Five champions, and then right your highest ranked group of five. Like that gives you that perfect format for people to get in and it lets football decide what's going on instead of the top four teams, right? Just when your conference and you're in pretty simple. Uh, and then the human element comes in was when you decide who the highest ranked group of five team is. And that generally is a pretty good, um, that's pretty easy to decide here. Like again, this year you're talking about SMU and Liberty. So maybe there's a quibble like, Hey, SMU over Liberty, whatever, uh, or vice versa. But I always thought six was like four just leaves you with this, like what we're doing now, right? Like if we had had a 16 playoff to begin with, it would be Alabama we're, and yep, Georgia. We're talking about Michigan, Washington, Texas, Florida state, Alabama, Georgia. Yeah. Boom. Pretty easy, right? I mean, TJ, uh, JJ Watt tweeted that yesterday. Yeah. Uh, emergency six game playoff. Yes, in full agreement. Why aren't we doing that? This is the final year of the four, uh, the four game playoff. Make it six because it's going to be different next year. Why not? <laughs> Think out of the box, people. That's going to be huge ratings if you had it the 16 playoff. And isn't that what it's about? Money making coming in? Yep. Missed opportunity. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll take a break here. Coming up in 15 minutes, by the way, I will make it 20 minutes. Uh, we're going to have Paul Stone with us. We'll get his thoughts on what we have seen, of course, with the college football playoff semifinals, which are set and see what he's got any action. We'll get his thoughts, too, on our conversation about these limits as well and, and whether or not it's worth coming in early when these numbers are as tight as they are and that these things are going to be up for a long time, too. And you're not going to see massive movement one or the uh, one way or the other over the next month or so. That's uh, coming up in 15. When we come back, though, we reset the stage for what's going to happen in the college football playoffs don't go anywhere it's college lines of yield here on vsin the sports betting network this is college lines revealed on vsin the sports betting network Sorry, I'm laughing. In the NBA, the game can change in an instant, but no matter how the action unfolds, you know, DraftKings Sportsbook has your back. This week, new customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting five bucks on basketball. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code VSIN. The crown is yours. Shameless plug. Oh, like this, the drum stopped right when I said it. That was perfect. Uh, <laughs> check out the NBA in-season tournament write-ups for myself and Zach Cohen up at the website at vsin.com. Got an NBA in-season tournament hub. All right, Pam. Yeah. So let's reset this right now. Alabama, Michigan, right. Texas, Washington. The lines. Michigan is a two-point favorite. Total is 46. Washington, four-and-a-half-point underdog with a total of 63-and-a-half. Haven't really seen much movement. Again, the real move up today we will note is Circa did go down to pick for about five minutes on Alabama. Michigan did get bet back up here at Circa, where we currently rest our behinds at. Uh, it is sitting at one-and-a-half. And as I speak, uh, we have, uh, let's see, Superbook flashing to one-and-a-half in favor of Alabama. So slow trickle Uh, again I don't think you're going to see much and we're starting to see some other sides follow suit so we're probably going to get to one and a half by the end of the day no question real question is where do you go from there 
Flip of favorites isn't really too big of a deal, so we'll see if that's going to happen. As for Texas, Washington, some moves of note. Some spots open to five. We're down to four in most places. 64 is the predominant total. 63 and a halfs are out there. Market moving where I kind of thought, like, right, and I'm still, I don't think, you know, right from five to four and a half, not that big of a difference. Right. Still playable at Washington plus four and a half. Before we get to these, though, uh, our producer Caesar was asking, I think a lot of people would look at this and go, okay, cool. Let's, I, I always like this question. Mm-hmm. When the NBA playoffs start, I always get the, hey, who am I betting in the futures? And like right. the general question, I always hate to be boring. It's like, well, actually, at this point, there's no real value in betting futures, right? The, right. the, the point of futures and betting them is you want to bet them before the market moves because these are all, for the most part, adequately priced. So when we say the market is tight, right? Again, going back to Tuco from making it tight, 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 tight. When it's tight, it is because like everything's tight. We're talking yeah, about the side, yeah, the total, the futures market, everything here. So is there, I'll just ask you the general question. Is there value in betting anything futures-wise in the college football playoff at a four-team field? The only way that you are betting a futures on the college football playoff is if you believe that a favorite is going to win it because you're not going to have a plus money value when they're bound like Michigan or Texas who are both favorites in their first matchup. Michigan will likely be the favorite regardless, um, semifinal or in the in the college football playoff championship. Michigan would probably be the only one that you would want to take. If you are a believer in like somebody like Washington at seven to one right now, you're likely to get better odds rolling them over on a money line parlay. Right now you can get them at plus 170. They're going to be underdogs to Alabama or Michigan. Um, and then they would probably be around the same, if not more. So let's say you're getting, wait, let me do that math real quick. Seven to one. It's about seven to one. It's the same odds. If they are roughly about plus 200 mm-hmm. in the semifinal. So no, there is no value. I like that. That was good. The, uh, the quick clacking of the keys. That was uh, a, right now they're plus man. 170 and assuming that they're minimum to plus two to one, two to one underdogs. Um, it's the same seven to one that you're right. getting. So there's, there's no real general purpose in, in doing this in any way, shape or form. Again, like you said, the rollover parlay is the way to go, but pretty simple four games when it's been wheeled down and it's this tight, you're not going to find much value in betting a future. And in fact, they're still up for a reason. There's a high hold here. The and time they want you to bet them. Well, we, we talked about this in yesterday's, uh, mm-hmm. in yesterday's segment of the money line roll over parlay that would have been the time to take Washington because they were nine and a half dogs you're definitely getting more value for them as a nine to one underdog at plus 900 roll that over into their plus uh plus 170 now that would automatically well, and, would and to your point actually in reality where the rolling money lane parlay should have started with Washington was when they were nine and a half point underdogs on Friday night Right. right. If you yeah, thought Washington was going to win it. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Yeah. You're betting them against Oregon. You're taking all those winnings. You're betting them here against Texas. That you're money, taking all those and you're betting what, them against what Texas. What was the money line? It was, wasn't it? Weren't they like nine to one? Uh, they wouldn't have been nine to one. It might have sounded to have I don't think. We'll have to get that. But the overall point is like, that's the way that you're going to look it's when non- it comes to those. Right. Yeah. There's not much when you're setting to the 14 playoffs. So. All right. Plus, good. Good knowledge 100. for anybody out there. You're still going to get people to bet it, but go ahead. What do you got? Sorry. Now, if you had bet a hundred dollars and they were four to one underdogs um, in the Pac-12 championship mm-hmm. plus the plus 170 money line rollover right now, that value would have given you 13 to one odds. There you go. See? So that, that would have been the time to have do it. At this point, it's too late. It's the way chill. to go. <laughs> Unless you got the rolling money line parlay from game one, right? You just rolled it over the entire time. I think Washington's <laughs> going to do this thing. Uh, I would not want to do the math of that. Please don't do the math nope. on that. We don't have to. Uh, okay. So big picture is set. National championship odds. No real reason to bet futures here. Individual games. First, the floor is yours. Michigan and Alabama. Has your thoughts changed at all in the hour and a half that we have been together? 
Not at all. It is still Alabama on the money line. Blake Quorum, he has been getting a lot of the bulk of the carries as of late with J.J. McCarthy um, kind of still looking. I don't know who he is as a quarterback. He has yet to really show us what he is capable of. Are we sure if about you that? Put, if you put it into the hands of Blake Quorum, I am still not a believer that he is as good of a running back right now than he was at this time last season. He is the only player. However, he is the only player on offense and defense in the FBS to have a score in every single game. The problem is he has to be at the goal line in order for that to happen. He is great on first and goal, second and goal, those short positions, but he is averaging only three yards per carry against Iowa. Six of his last seven games, he's averaged below four yards per carry. He has a lack of efficiency right now, and he is not as explosive last year. Last year, he was number one in almost every running back efficiency metric. Right now, he's sitting outside of the top 50 of running graded running backs for efficiency, outside of the top 65 for explosive runs. He's just not as explosive. Now you have a one guy on that run offense. Texas, tell me they're not going to be able to shut him down because they have shown it multiple times. We saw it against Texas Tech, one of the better rushing offenses as a unit in the country. We saw it yesterday against Ollie Gordon. He averaged two and a half yards per carry, and he is the most explosive back in the country. Now you want to give me a bruised and battered Blake Corum? Put it in the hands of J.J. McCarthy? I don't know who he is as a quarterback. Against Maryland, that was the only game. He had one interception on four turnover-worthy plays. That was a one game recently where Michigan did not rely on the run game. And then what do we see? J.J. McCarthy, hey, it turns out he's not as good. Now yeah. you're going up against a better defense. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think we know what D.J. McCarthy is. I think he might stink. <laughs> that's <true>. Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, I agree with you. All right, so we're getting bulls uh, We're getting bulls set for the New Year Six. Um, let's see how these tickle your fancy so far being announced. Peach Bowl, Ole Miss will take on Penn State. <laughs> Cotton Bowl, Ohio State will take on Missouri. That sounds like a somewhat sexy matchup. Can't wait to watch that and what that's going to look like. Uh, let's see. Currently set. Uh, let's see. I'm going to pull these up really quickly. Forgive me. All right. Hawaii Bowl, San Jose State, Coastal Carolina, as we know. Looks like the New Orleans Bowl. This might be set. I don't know if these are actually set or not. I think there's projections. Any projections. Yeah. These, so these, for sure, the New Year Six Bowls are going to be Oregon SMU and the Fiesta Bowl. All right. So that's going to be a good one. I think those are two highly motivated teams. We know that Ohio State and Penn State will play in the Peach Bowl. We know that Missouri and Ohio State will play in the Cotton Bowl. And we know Ohio State, Penn State, and then Ohio State. No, no. Ole Miss, Penn State will play in the Peach Bowl. Ole Miss. Missouri and Ohio State will play in the Cotton Bowl. Got it. And then we know in the Orange Bowl, we'll get Florida State and Georgia. And then Oregon and SMU will play in the Fiesta Bowl. So those are what we have as of right now. Those are our New Year's Six Bowls. I like Ohio State because uh, they have a lot of young guys that are going to be returning production next year. So we're going to be seeing a lot of them still in the mix uh, for motivation. SMU, very still difficult to want to back them because of no quarterback in Preston Stone. Penn State can never back Drew Aller. Ole Miss would be the side early thoughts well we don't i think like for right now we don't know what these bowl lines are Correct. but i would say for example missouri is going to be an underdog to ohio state yeah uh, but missouri is a i think a very good team i think offensively too i'm going to be very intrigued to see how missouri matches up offensively right with this ohio state defense and what that's going to look like and ohio state remember they actually do have guys that are going to be going for the draft right? marvin harrison Jr. Marvin is he going to play for ohio sure. state in this matchup is going to be pretty interesting to watch and if that's going to be the case so i think like as of now from a power rating standpoint i'd be interested to see what this number would be between these two 
I would think Ohio State would be in the range of about a six and a half point favor. That might be a little bit on the heavy side. Um, I don't know if it's going to be a full touchdown, but I think I'd have Missouri circled only in that. I don't know what you're going to do if you're Marvin Harrison Jr. Do you want to play in this game? And as we have seen, as you and I have made fun of them for, uh, the Ohio State offense does seem to be F it. Marvin Harrison Jr. is out there somewhere. <laughs> that is a huge factor. Uh, first quarter unders <laughs> back in the mix for this bowl game. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I was thinking more so of just Kyle McCord. But the first position that I'm going to be wanting to look at, of course, is the quarter quarterback position for every team are you saying or are you sitting let me go let me know and then from there i'll go assess and to your point i mean so i agree obviously in general um that drew aller is not a quarterback that i want to run to go back having said that Ole Miss comes in with the 83rd ranked rush defense by EPA standards. Right. They can come in, run the ball, have yeah. some success. Aller's not going to have to do that much right. from a power rating standpoint. I mean, where does, uh, let me see, Johnny Avellos, we got these uh, numbers, these rankings. We can guesstimate at least who would be favored and who wouldn't. Um, Penn State and Ole Miss. Ole Miss is not inside of the top 10, so you'd assume that Penn State's going to be favored uh, against Ole Miss. Again, maybe a, a very short favorite, but a favorite nonetheless. So I'd be interested to see what that number will be because I just, I think I've told you before, I'm just not a big fan of Ole Miss. I don't think right. they're as good as the rankings say. I think people see a, you know, a SEC team with a strong amount of wins about what, how many wins does Ole Miss have anyway? And I mean, if Max Johnson can have an elite game right. against the Ole Miss secondary, then I, I think Penn State defensively is so going to be yeah, They do well against bad teams. Yep. So I think that's going to be something there. Uh, and then finally, Oregon and SMU. I mean, I think you can make the argument. Could I have included Oregon on the don't give a F Don't doesn't, doesn't care list. You know, after back losing two straight like that, to, or not two straight, but losing two games to Washington. Yeah. Be pretty interesting. All right. New Year's six are set. We can refresh those really quick after we talk to Paul Stone, who joins us next here on College Lines Revealed. Don't go anywhere. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is College Lines Revealed on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Roy's debating what a team needs to do to get into the college football playoff for crying out loud. But Zen nicotine pouches are already there. They're not the college football playoff, but they're one of the best. In fact, they're the best. It's helped millions of people achieve lasting change, earning the title of America's number one nicotine pouch. Find your Zen, your local convenience store, or online at Zen.com, ZYN.com. Warning product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Uh, I was Ron Burgundy. It's not my fault, but we were fed false information. A quick, uh, quick cleanup here. Oregon will not face SMU in the Fiesta Bowl. They will face Liberty in the Fiesta Bowl. So change of things there in terms of the matchup. We will see if that will, um, we'll see if some of the moving parts, including Bo, Bo Nix ends up playing in that one. Some of the others really quickly before we get to Paul Stone that have been announced. New Mexico State will take on Fresno State in the New Mexico Bowl. Utah State and Georgia State will play in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. As of now, barring any corrections to those, we'll see if that is going to change at any point with that let's welcome in paul stone professional handicapper it's nice enough to give us some time as he has throughout this entire season paul it's the last episode of college lines revealed and you're the last person we're going to talk to so we appreciate it uh so let's just start let's just start with your general thoughts here um as a guy who watched a ton of college football what'd you make of florida state getting left out and alabama getting put in well, you know, I tweeted right before uh, probably about 15 minutes before the announcement that I thought the order would be uh, as it was, you know, I had uh, Michigan, Washington, Texas, and Alabama in that order. Obviously, uh, th- this is a subjective process. You know, teams don't play in the same conferences. They don't play the same schedules. Uh, I'm in agreement with it. I know a lot of people are incensed, uh, including Mike Norvell, obviously, and I feel terrible for them. But, you know, just based on the, the total, the totality of the circumstances, the fact that Jordan Travis uh, is injured and won't be playing anymore this season. Uh, I thought they had the, the, you know, the right four teams, so to speak. Uh, you look at uh, Florida State, you look at Jeff Sagren's rankings today, 
those rankings include Jordan Travis at quarterback for 11 of the 13 games. He has Florida State number 10. Sonny Moore, another guy who does a great job with pie ratings. Up to date, again, Travis, 11 of the 13 games reflected. He has Florida State at 12. Paul Stone has Florida State at 12. <laughs> and I know it's not a power ranking, but Florida State's, you know, they would be a double-digit underdog to basically any team in the field, even as good as they've been defensively the last two games. They did everything they could have done. They couldn't have done more. It's the best four teams, though, and uh, I think they got it right. So, Paul, my, my only argument on that, because I, th- I know a lot of people have been using that as the argument, right, especially with the double-digit underdog thing, but if we're doing that, all right, let's kick out Washington. They don't deserve to be in. Put in Oregon, because Oregon would still be favored, right, over Washington. So, it's, it's, for me, it's the inconsistency of how we're doing this, because if we are going by that metric, then Washington doesn't deserve to be in, and in fact, our top four should be Michigan, Alabama, Georgia, and Oregon. Well, Washington beat Oregon two times. Oregon's a, a, a great football team. Certainly Washington stumbled down the second half of the, the, the year. And that's the thing that made it so difficult for the committee this yeah. year, JVT, is these teams, there's no great team. You look at, And you look at these four teams, they're all very good, and any of the four teams in the tournament could win. So Florida State, I do not deny or, or just totally discount the arguments for Florida State, but I mean, if you look at their game against Boston College in week three, oh, yeah. they gave up 457 yards to a team that's just ranked a little bit better than 100 right now uh, overall in the, in the 133 Division One teams. If Boston College doesn't get penalized 18 times for 131 yards, uh, you know, they might have won that game. So uh, it's, it's a tough job. There's no question about it. And I truly yeah, I feel horrible for Florida State. It's it's a very difficult pill to swallow, and, and I understand people being disappointed with it. Paul, you're typically one of those betters that likes to fire off bets on Sunday, the early lines, grabbing the best line possible for that line value. But with only a few games right now on slate, namely the college football playoff, what is your? how has your process changed? Will it be changing today as the games are released and the lines are revealed for the bowl games? You know, for these two semifinals and now some other lines will start trickling out. But for the semifinals, as better as Pam, you know, we have the confidence that everybody's going to play, you know, outside of injuries. Xavier Worthy, I think he'll be ready, but that's certainly one to watch on the Texas side. But we can handicap these games and perhaps fire away. But in general terms, the remainder of the games, uh, my approach has really changed. You know, I do like to bet first. I, I do like to bet at market-making books. But you got to wait now. You know, you just don't know who's going to opt out. It's just, a, it's just a different ball game. But, but looking at the uh, the lines that are out right now, there was Texas was favored by four and a half right when they came out. At least one book. I didn't fire on Washington plus four and a half, but I tend to, uh, you know, kind of lean toward the Huskies at that number. Texas is a complete football team, but if they've got a vulnerability, it's in that back four. It's in that secondary. And you've got receivers like uh, Rome Adunze, who went to Bishop Gorman High School, uh, the alma mater, I believe, of the JVT. Correct. And, and then you got Jalen McMillan, uh, Jalen Polk. I mean, they, you know, they just pose tremendous matchup problems for teams, and Texas will be one of those teams. I think Washington's going to pass from the second they get off the bus and uh, see what they can do. So I kind of like Washington plus the points there. So, uh, Paul, how much have you and how much do you think the market has upgraded Washington, if at all, since that game against Oregon, right? Because they were obviously very low on them. The close is about nine, nine and a half point underdogs. That's why I would assume some upgrade here with the market being as wrong as it was in that game. But you can't overact too much. What's been the upgrade here for the Huskies? Yeah, I think about a point. I mean, that's what I did. You know, I was concerned that that Washington had played their uh, 
best football the first half of the season because their previous six games going into Friday night's game there at Allegiant Stadium, it had all been competitive and they looked like they were kind of sleepwalking and not playing at that championship level. Uh, and now they flipped the switch again. You know, they look like they did early in the year. And uh, Michael Penix Jr., I don't think he was the same down the stretch. Physically, he just looked off. I think this time off will be good for him. And if that passion game uh, looks like it did the month of September and the first half of October, uh, Longhorn's going to have their hands full. Looking at the Michigan and Alabama game, that's very intriguing because I would believe that Alabama is definitely more well-rounded on offense, whereas Michigan is kind of gridlocked by having the heavy run offense. What do you make of this matchup? Is there an area to exploit at the early lines? I'm kind of like you there, Pam. Uh, you know, Michigan, I think, opened at two and a half, and I think now mostly market-wide, at least at some books, only favored by one and a half. And what Alabama is going to do defensively, is they are going to try to get Michigan uh, into a situation where J.J. McCarthy has to throw the ball. They're going to try to make him beat them. And, uh, you know, I, I like, I probably lean towards Alabama here uh, at this point. They, they've just made such great strides throughout the season. Jalen Milrow, what he's done, you know, benched in game three when they uh, experimented and uh, played Ty Simpson and Tyler Buckner. Uh, he's just been a different guy. You know, he still makes some, you know, some some uh, questionable throws and that type of thing, but he's become a weapon. He's not, you're not winning in spite of Jalen Milrow now. You can win because of him. So I really like his trajectory. And like you, I think Alabama, you know, just a team from the, I know people have SEC fatigue and it wasn't one of their better years this year, but I'll take that SEC pedigree uh, in a near pick em game, probably when it comes down to it against the Wolverines. Paul, when you're using your ratings, how intricate do you go? You know, for example, like one of the reasons why I lean toward Alabama very heavily and the under in this game uh, is the offensive line for Michigan, right? Zach Zinter goes down against Ohio State, right? Tackle's been a problem. Uh, from your power ratings, does it go that deep and granular? Do you factor in Zinter to the number here? Sure. I mean, the, the linemaker kind of, I was hoping for a, a total in the high 40s, and I think right now it might be at 46. Not only Michigan's offensive line weakened by the loss of All-American guard uh, Zach Zinter, as you mentioned, but Alabama's offensive line the couple of year, the last couple of years, they hadn't been at the level uh, that, that they've been some of these past championship additions. And if you look at how many sacks they've allowed the last couple of years, how many tackles for loss, uh, it's very, uh, very average. So both these teams... Uh, you know, not quite where they've been uh, offensive line-wise in both with tremendous defenses and especially tremendous defensive fronts. So I think points uh, very well might be at a premium in that Michigan-Alabama semifinal. All about a be- uh, minute left. There's one game that nobody is talking about, Army-Navy. Come on, it's the only game on Saturday. What are you doing with this one? With a low, low total of 28 and a half, not named Iowa involved. I tell you, these totals going below 30 now. The line makers finally wised up, and they're not just going to give away money on some of these unders. So you can't just automatically play Army, Navy, uh, and the other service academy games combinations under. But, uh, you know, I I have not played it yet, but I kind of lean towards Army. But uh, this is such a – Interesting game, and you can truly throw out the records. Uh, don't don't have a play yet. Actually, had the privilege last year uh, of going to the game there, and Philip was played in Philadelphia last year, so that was a big thrill from a, a spectator standpoint. But no opinion really. But uh, I kind of lean towards Army, and we'll be looking heavily uh, into that game later today. Paul, it's always good to talk to you, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you, Paul. Hey, thanks for having me. Y'all have a great weekend, great bowl season. Yep, you too, man. Uh, really quickly, this will be of great interest to you. Did you see what the Alamo Bowl will be? No. Oklahoma. Hey. And Arizona. Hey.
idea. That's gonna be a good one. <laughs> that's that gonna should, be a that great should be a really one. good bowl game. Our boy no Fafita. Yeah, that's uh, that should be a very fun and good bowl game. Can't wait to watch that. All right, these are coming out. Those will be out tomorrow. Lines for every single one of these bowl games here at Circa. So throughout the week, of course, here at VSIN, we'll have that. Keep an eye on the website as bowl games get posted. We're gonna have our write-ups due this week as well. We'll have a couple of those too. So keep your eye up on VSIN.com. Until then, live bet Sunday over the D carries it through the day. We'll see you. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals, each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.